0: How many are Filipinos? Look at this. How many are part of the M- Mabuhay ministry? Right there. I love it. Okay. Well, you guys, we have super special guests here. It was probably, I'm thinking uh, three years ago, that I met Leo and Ami, and they just introduced themselves. Leo just stood up. And Dave and Grace Gallagher said, would you mind meeting some friends of ours, Mark? I always meet, love meeting those that are from other countries all over the world. Been to 57 countries now. And I hope I can get to all of them. There's 195, and i got a long way to go, but uh, that's kind of a little bucket list. Lord, would you allow me to go to every country, every political country on the planet? That's 195. We'll see. But uh, it was so special. About three years ago, we sat down, Tracy and I, and just had coffee with Leo and Ami and our in our coffee shop, and they start telling us about what God is doing in the Philippines. Many of you support Filipino church planners. Most of the countries, all of the countries, where we support missions, uh, we support in what are called closed countries. There's closed and open countries. Open countries is where they invite missionaries from other places around the world to come in and do ministry. We typically don't go to those areas because Jesus said, go to all the world. Go to the ends of the earth. Go to areas where they've never heard about Jesus. Why should someone hear the gospel twice on our planet before everyone has had the chance to hear it once? So we go. We believe the Great Commission is to go where they've never heard. There's 2.1 billion people I've still never heard, never once, the name of Jesus. And so we primarily support evangelists and church planners that go to those countries. But when Leo's in, I'm like, okay, I, I, the Philippines is a rich country. That doesn't mean everyone's Christian. But that means the gospel has gone throughout the Philippines. But when Leo and Ami started talking to me about the slums in Metro Manila, 540 of them, and then when we visited them, before we start supporting, we always visit, walk in the shoes of those missionaries, and our hearts were broken because everyone is running from these slums. And Leo and Ami and their church planters are running into them to share the gospel And when we traveled with them, we were just, this is amazing. And getting to know you, Leo, and Ami, your amazing wife, is such a privilege. We love you guys. I'm so glad that you can meet Leo today and Ami as well. And really, with that in mind, I want to give him maximum time. Let's welcome Leo to the pulpit up here. You bet. Leo Armas. We love you, Leo. God bless you.
1: Hello from Manila, I got this, uh, they gave me this one, can I, can I use this in the BART or something? Yeah, I don't know. Magandang umaga sa inyong lahat. Translated, uh, you are beautiful. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that's good morning in Manila. Uh, it's an honor to be here and a privilege for me and my wife to visit you uh, as, as Pastor Mark shared. We met them uh, three or four years ago, and it was a joy to, for us to have met. And we have come, and uh, when, when Pastor Mark invited us to come and, and show up today, it was really our, uh, our joy to, to, to know that we could come and, and share what we wanted to share today. First of all, I'd like to say "Mabuhay" from Manila, and that's uh, up on the screen. Uh, And this comes specifically from our ministry in the Philippines. And these are people who uh, you have partnered with as a church, Three Crosses, in the work of God among the slums in Metro Manila. Um, It's uh, I have come to the U.S. uh, for many reasons. and, and it's interesting that, um, as I share this picture with you, you know, coming here to, to, uh, here in the US, uh, I came for a consultation among uh, workers among the slums in, in the whole world, uh, places like Uganda, China, uh, Philippines, India, and all those. And so that's why we're here, uh, but got a chance to also connect. And, but one thing, I didn't know that your son was, your son? Yep. Getting married? Uh, for some reason, this time was a, a theme that uh, has come to, to, to me and my wife, a theme that when we came in uh, from, the, from the Philippines, the theme of marriage, wedding, no? And the reason I say that is because I come and I, I meet these people who we've, uh, uh, you know, we've, we're working with, we're trying to figure out ways to work together, how can we build trainings for around the world about meeting this, the, the, the poor people of the world and workers, training workers to go into the poor places. But that's a kind of marriage, you know, partnering, uh, thinking together. But also, I, when I came, I, I also came to, because my niece was uh, getting married. And so I uh, officiated the wedding and I saw my... Uh, the, the, the husband-to-be, and I told the husband-to-be that uh, she should only have one wife. One wife only. Because uh, what I, told, I told him, you can only have one wife because uh, you cannot serve two masters. <laughs> uh, how's that for, uh, is that good for hermeneutics, uh, Pastor Mark? Um, just, uh, I'm kidding. That's, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I just want to make sure my 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 uh, how's that uh, uh, anyway the, the the relative that he understood why we were coming and uh, now i 'm here and i 'm here in uh, with you and it 's also a a sense of a marriage again. I hear come and I share the joy of this people who as maybe some pictures will be shown up. And these people you have come alongside and behind with the, with the support and, and the prayers you have been giving. Uh, keep that rolling. And uh, yes, some more. Uh, these are just pictures of what we do back in Manila. And uh, there you go. And so God bears fruit in the marriages of you, us, in the work of God. And so I just want to thank you once again, from our hearts, for what you have been doing. You are touching lives for many, many poor people who are needing God, needing God in their lives. And it's amazing where, uh, when we see the poor, uh, we see two things. One is the response of the gospel is so amazing. No, they 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 just come and want to hear. The hope that they can have, and uh, I'm just wanting to say to you that uh, the other thing is, uh, when Jesus said, "Go and make disciples and you know disciple all the nations," he says, "the the fastest way to plant a church is by I mean by uh, the fastest way to do evang- uh, to to fulfill the Great Commission is to by planting the church, and that's how we do it. God bears fruit, and uh, so this is. I just want to say thank you once again. A uh, little we'll keep going for that. Um, oh, uh, just as, as of last month, uh, I'll just go quickly through this, uh, just because of time. Uh, we have, just this past six months, we have had, I mean, we're, we have 10 church planting teams going all over the slums of uh, Metro Manila, and uh, just a, about a few months ago, two churches were planted. And that's beautiful. You know, it's like a church right in the middle of the slums. Jesus right in the middle. 9,000 children, over 9,000 children being fed. Uh, So many coming to know the Lord and uh, being baptized in His name. And again, uh, I just want to say these words, uh, but they're not numbers. They are people. Uh, I wish you could see their eyes and... Those eyes mean so much because they say it's an eye that says thank you because you brought Jesus to us. And um, you are establishing the kingdom of God among the poor. So thank you, Three Crosses. Thank you, followers. Is this followers group? And uh, (laughs) mabuhay to you. Uh, Really, the, the, the question I have this morning is, when we establish a kingdom of God, what is it like living the kingdom life? Okay? Life in God's kingdom? That's what I wanted to share uh, this morning. If you have your Bibles with you, uh, it's turn to turn with me to John chapter 12, and that will be from verse 20. I'll read from verse 20 to 26, only. That's 33, but I'll cut it shorter. Let me read this words. And you can follow with me silently. John chapter 12. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were were some Greeks. So this came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, Andrew and Philip, If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Would you pray with me? Um, Father, thank you for this uh, honor and privilege to be coming and sharing your word uh, with followers. Thank you for who you are to us. In the bottom of our hearts, thank you for your love that accepts us, holds us, forgives us, and makes us your children. Lord, you have rescued us from darkness. And now you have come and known us and we, you want us to know you. So, Father, would you also let this time be a time where we can come and hear more from your word. Speak your word, Holy Spirit, to all of us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's a grain. I <laughs> tried to look for a picture on, in, in Google <laughs> and found this one. Uh, next slide, please. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. See, the question is, What does it mean or what is it like living in the kingdom life? What is it like for me? Uh, We we all live different stories. Uh, We all live different ways. We have different things we're doing. But the question is, what is it like to live the kingdom life that God is inviting us to? I think it's a journey of losing and renewing that runs throughout our lives and our world. Even if you've never thought of this, as you have followed the Lord Jesus, maybe whatever, whenever that began for you, whether it was many years ago or last year or, or just this, this, this month, you're saying, yeah, uh, really, you have lived and experienced it, sometimes by choice and other times by chance. The question I have is, have you ever fallen in love? <laughs> question. Your, your son, uh, jo- Joshua? Joshua. Uh, I also met uh, your, uh, J- James. Yeah, where's James? Uh, I, I, I don't see him. Anyway, your J- James is very uh, guapo. Uh, that's, uh, in, in uh, Tagalog, it means very handsome. When he came to the Philippines, all the women wanted to marry him. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I didn't tell Pastor Mark, but, yeah, he stayed behind. For, but we held him back, so he's okay. All right. It's a journey of losing when you, when you fall in love and commit your life to another person. Uh, you know, uh, there's a movie that's going on right now. It's called uh, Hello, Love, Goodbye. Uh, for the Filipinos, they know this. Uh, I noticed that uh, coming from San Francisco, everybody's talking about, Hello, love, goodbye. It's a Filipino movie. Uh, don't go and watch it because uh, I'm not promoting it. But It's a nice movie actually, but uh, I, I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in getting in love, you have to let go of something you really like. You have, to, you have to let parts of the old self go so that you could be with the other person. Many of you, as I look around, uh, you're most likely parents. <laughs> and the parents are continually letting go of well, it's a way of letting go, of Josh. And uh, I also have a, uh, three children, uh, 27-year-old, 20, 25 and 21. And it's also a time of letting go uh, for me. And, and if so, you could name many parts of your life that somehow has died so that something might live again. Okay? There's something that you have to give up and so that you can uh, choose, so that uh, someone can have the life that they should have. So you choose certain losses and let go of something so that other things could arise. For every choice we make, every yes we say, there's always a what? A no that comes alongside it. And I'm, I'm sure you know what this means for some. For, for you, And think about the scriptural stories of loss and renewal. We think about names like Abraham, who left his country and, uh, you know, he had to let go of his place of familiarity. Just so he could be a great nation. Jacob lost his identity. Jacob, we know, and uh, he was so wounded and uh, that became, but because of his wounding, uh, he, he became a new man. And also the story of James and John. Uh, they had to leave their father behind to follow Jesus and to become disciples of Jesus. You know, in our work, also, even as a, as a group of people, we have to give up a few things. We work, there's a joke in our work among the slums. Uh, in the slums, there's many flies. In Philip in Philippines, many flies. Uh, and, and there's a joke we have that um, long ago our workers were uh, Pentecostal. So we, uh, we would sing so loud and our mouths were so wide. Until one day, one of our song leaders uh, swallowed uh, a fly. And so after that, Pastor Mark, we became Baptists. You know, like... No, I'm nothing wrong about Baptists. We have to be, you know... But give up, give up the big mouth and the no, just give up the old way just so things could go on. But Jesus taught his disciples the Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands. They will kill him. And three days after being killed, he will rise again. Next slide. It's a journey of loss and i oh sorry. Uh, back backup? Yeah. No, no. Back <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Go there, go. It, it's a journey and pattern of loss and renewal, dying and rising, letting go and getting back, leaving and returning. I think it's the core of our baptism and it's what we declare in our worship. I mean you gather, we gather, many people gather in Christ around the world. And I think it's the core of what it means to worship God. Christ has died Christ is risen Christ will come again. Question I have is what in your life what in your life needs to be let go? What in your life need to let go? What might you need to leave behind? What needs what needs to die so that something new can arise? There's a picture I'd like to show you, and it's the next one. Uh, this is a picture. This is a drawing of something. It's, it's true in the provinces of some, some, not many, but some provinces of the Philippines. It's a coconut. See that coconut? So, you know, how you probably heard this, how they catch these monkeys, these wild monkeys, small monkeys. And, and they, they tie a, a, a rope around the, the coconut, I mean, under the coconut. But inside the coconut, they they put the sticky rice. Uh, They put the hole, small enough, and put sticky rice inside. And guess what? Uh, Next slide, please. This monkey comes along and he smells the sticky rice and sticks in his, his hand. It tries to squeeze in his hand into the hole in the coconut. And guess what? The sticky rice, they won't let go. That's their favorite food. They just will not let go. But see, it's almost like this is what Jesus is talking about when we talk about the kingdom life. It reminds us of Passover as well the declaration of the Israelites, liberation from bondage in Egypt. It's about freedom and a new life, it's about letting go. The, the monkey has to let go so that he can be free. But he won't, he needs to leave it behind. And move on to new life. But he won't. There is something about this. The lens through which we see Jesus. Some Greeks came to Philip in in the passage we read. They say, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. I don't know why they wanted to see Jesus. I think they wanted to see Jesus because Jesus turned water into wine. He cleansed the temple. He fed the many thousands of people. And he gave sight to the blind. And he raised Lazarus from the dead. So they say, we wish to see Jesus. That's the Jesus I want to see. I want to see Jesus. I go to the poor not because the poor needs me. I think sometimes it's the other way around. I see Jesus among them. And so we go to them. That's where we meet Jesus. Philip tells Andrew about the Greeks and their quest. And then Jesus says to them, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. That's his response to those who want to see him, to you and to me. And you, we have to know what it means to, uh, uh, to die, what is dying all about? You know, what, what does it mean to, to die? And, and death here is, is more than physical death. We die a thousand deaths throughout our lifetime. The loss of a loved one. I lost my parents uh, two years apart, uh, just about five years ago. And sometimes people lose their health, their sense of balance, their sense of whatever. And uh, they lose a dream. They, all kinds of things that we lose in life. And other times we choose the losses we have to make. We give up parts of ourselves for someone else. And sometimes there are things we need to let go and things we, uh, uh, we have to let go so that something could happen. We have to let go of fear. We have to let go of anger or unforgiveness and, and regret, perhaps, that we keep holding on and disappointment, guilt, perhaps. Uh, one of the things we do in our work is to go in retreats and, and pray and seek God. And one day, one time, our, our, our team of leaders went into mount, in the mountain and prayed to, to plan out for the ministry ahead of time. And, and while praying, there was another group of people praying uh, uh, about maybe uh, maybe another hundred meters away. Praying the same place, uh, location. And uh, this is Tagalog, but, you know, they were praying and they were saying, Wala alam. You know, that's the that's Tagalog word for, or phrase for, we don't know anything. You know, they were shouting to God, we don't know anything. Here we are, our leader saying, oh, we know what to do. You know, they don't know what they're doing. So we go and pray, but the more they prayed all day saying, God, we don't know. You know, we ended up with, later that day, we started praying their prayer. We don't know we have to give up the things we think we know just so we could hear and follow Jesus. So what is it like to live in the kingdom? It's being a grain of wheat that falls into the ground and dies so that it might bear much fruit. That is where we see Jesus. Our work among the poor and your love for the poor it's really a work of God, and I just want to say that that's a way where we're, we're seeing Jesus. And I'd like to bless you today, just for doing that for the ministry in Manila, in Philippines. Uh, we've also moved another, or we're moving or spreading out and moving to another uh, city called Cebu. Uh, Cebu, if uh, there are some Filipinos here from Cebu, uh, we're. We're also going there. There's, uh, it seems to be a phenomenon around the world where we call it urbanization, where uh, the rural poor are moving to the city. The problem is when they come to the city, uh, it gets crowded. They don't find the job that they're hoping to get. And so they just live under the bridges and try to build slums. I just want to say that... Uh, you've probably had at least one time in your life that when you look back on it, you say, I never want to go through that again. Who of you would say that? You know, I had some experience in in the past, and I say, but you say, but I would not trade that experience for anything. You know, just because you, of what you are now. Uh, As difficult or painful as it it is, uh, it bore you much fruit just because it was a time of letting go. Uh, most likely, it was one of those times when you knew you had seen Jesus and you experienced the Holy, when you were ab- absolutely convinced that God was present and working in your life. I'd like to share just a little bit of my life. Just, just a bit. Uh, I've been in ministry for almost 33 years now. And, but the first eight years, uh, been working very hard, sharing Christ to many, many young people and in the Philippines, and uh, doing the work of what God has called, and uh, being a faithful husband. Uh, see, I only have one master. Uh, <clears throat> the guy who we invited one time to our group, and he said that we didn't invite him again. So, No, just kidding. But really, uh, we... we that time, I, I was uh, in a lot of work doing the work of ministry. And, but one day, something happened. Uh, I, got, I was rushed into the hospital. I had some se- kind of uh, uh, an experience of anxiety that I just could not control. Until one day, somebody said, I think you were experiencing some kind of anxiety attack. For the next eight years of my life. I went through some kind of depression, and just knowing, Lord, where are you in all this? I've been serving you, loving you, loving my wife, children, and all that. And here I am, not making sense of what I am experiencing inside. And uh, that time, however, when I look back to the time, it was the, probably the most beautiful work God has done in me. Letting go of things I was holding In my mind, but mostly in my heart. So that God, when I let go of those things, God could do His real work of transforming me to being the kind of man I could become. Maybe that's the grain of wheat that needs to fall for me to the earth so that something will live. And I look back to the time and say, I would never want to go through that again. But gosh I say God thank you because because if not for that I would not be here I'd probably have quit and just saying but I've seen Jesus It's through through those times of just you know just like the monkey if we just let go let go and open your hands so that God can come for you You see letting go let's letting go Is what allows us to be more authentically present to ourselves. And to it makes room for new life and new ways of being present. Our letting go gives God something with which God could work. So, why, why, why then would we continue to cling, to live uh, you know, uh, in, a, in a way where we just keep holding on? You see, this is what's What's challenging us or inviting us today in our life, in our journey with Jesus? Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Some people, they say they had, had difficult experiences in life. You know, they went through failure and all that. Let me just say this. I think people think God... Let's Next slide, please. People think God... <clears throat> cannot use them because they've failed. I think it's more the opposite. Maybe God won't really use you until you've realized you're a failure. In other words, like letting go of this guilt and letting go of whatever that's hindering you from becoming more fully open to Him. So my question is this, so what is the grain? So what is the grain of wheat in your life today that needs to fall into the earth and die? Just reflect on that. What are the things that if you lost them, you are sure you would just die? I mean, not physically, but something like, Lord, I, I, won't, I would not want to let it go. You know, one of the things we ask among our people, the people that come and join us in the slums is, say, what is something you cannot live without? You know, sometimes they say, oh, toothbrush. <laughs> I need my toothbrush, toothpaste, or my cell phone, or, or my wallet, or my whatever. Uh, you know, a lot of things in life. Uh, uh, my car, my my house, my, uh, my job. I, I cannot let it go. I cannot live without that. But it was a question about freedom. So that I can be what God desires me to be. It's not about letting, you know, just giving it up. It's really about how is my heart, really. How is my heart in, in light of that? You know, Peter... <coughs> Peter's story, uh, I think this next slide, oops, it's too small, but don't worry. I'll just t- tell you about it. I think Peter was a man who had the same question that he had to face. When he was a man uh, following Jesus at the first time, he was so, you know, he was a, a, a very uh, a fervent disciple of Jesus. He, he was burning for Jesus. Until one day when Jesus had to confront him, in the, in the, right before Jesus was arrested. You know, of course, you know what happened. Peter was the first one of those who denied Jesus. Three times he was denied. But then G- Jesus would come and see him again in this time. In the book of John, we see this encounter between Peter and Jesus. Well well Jesus encounter, I mean, ask three questions, probably for the three denials that he gave to Jesus. Jesus asked Peter, Do you love me more than these fish that he caught? You know, so it's like Jesus is asking me almost all the time. Leo, do you do you love me more than things that you hold? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me even more than uh, uh, the things that are, are going on for you? Do you love me more than the blessings I gave for you? Do you love me more than the things that you, go, you are doing for me? Do you love me more than everything that's, that's there for you? Well, Peter was asked that question. And I think he went through a moment where it's the same thing. Will that grain of wheat fall to the ground and die? Next slide, please. Maybe those are the very places waiting to bear much fruit in your life. And maybe that's where you and I will see Jesus. But you also know that, you know, when we plant a seed, you know, you let go of the grain of wheat, it doesn't grow the next minute, right? No, no, no. It doesn't feel like it's going to grow the next growth can be slow and the fruit of new life takes time but the more i see it jesus is faithful to us and to you to you and to me he's calling us to say come and follow me you know and and let that grain of wheat fall to the ground and it will bear much fruit god is doing an amazing work in yours and mine and i come and, and I, I, I've been in, in this place of, uh, among leaders in, in down in uh, this uh, mission uh, center uh, called, uh, it's a mission institute down in Pasadena. And, and there were many, many leaders. But there was a question in my heart again. Leo, will you, do, you, do you love me? Do you love me? So that you can be what I want you to be. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies. It remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Once again, I just want to thank you for letting me speak. Thank you for your love for the work in Manila and what you give to, 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 to come alongside these people that have been serving God. And it's our joy and our privilege to be there for you uh, to the followers thank you thank you three crosses for all that you are praying for us as we bring the gospel to those people in in down south or is it south uh oh down down east <laughs> whatever i don't know my uh yeah I, i'm lost so <laughs> uh, I, I thank you thank you very much and it was my joy to come here oh short sure. <laughs>
0: Oh, let's thank Leo again. You know, uh, when I was in the Philippines with Leo and we would travel around to these slums, I'm just looking at the clock. I might bring Leo back here to just uh, fill in some more. But just, yeah, you can grab a seat for now because knowing me, I'll just get talking and who knows. But... uh, We met with these, you know, there's 40, and maybe you can go back, Robert, to that first slide. Of all the different church planners, we support 40 of their workers. And when I was asking Leo, are there any other churches from the United States that support you? No. They've had no support. Uh, Some of their support came from the Philippines, but very poor. And uh, so I always love to meet with the workers. And I remember us sitting, Leo, in your office. And we're all packed in there. And uh, they're probably, I'm imagining, 20, maybe 15, 20 of the the workers. And I had them all go around and share prayer requests. How can I pray for you? Because uh, for me, I believe in the power of prayer. I know you do as well. I pray in the course of a week for every country in the world, all 195. And uh, I have to. I'm the missions pastor. God has called me to love the world. God loves the world, and so. But you have to know what to pray for in these countries to have a love for that country. And uh, so I always love to ask our pastors, you know, how can I pray for you? And I noticed a common theme that they were asking for. They were asking for physical protection. And just, you know, and I was like, I, I said, excuse me, but I'm noticing because often when I'm in countries, they're not asking for protect us from diseases and these sort of things. And I was just like, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Why are. Most all of you asking that. And they just said, well, and they're just very super humble uh, people. But they're saying, well, Pastor Mark, when you go into these slums and you're ministering in them for the call on your life, it's just a matter of time until you will uh, take on a particular disease, uh, whether it's tuberculosis or whatever. And they're naming all these diseases that they're all um, with. And they're just saying, pray for us and 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 they begin to share about how you know, if it takes us getting a disease in this life to bring eternal life to these people, we'll do it for jesus and 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 I'm just like going, I love these people we're gonna right then I said we will support every one of them, and uh, we have been and you talk about. Giving up. You talk about letting a kernel of wheat fall to the ground and die, even to being able to go into an area where you know it's just a matter of time. And we don't show pictures. I just don't allow pictures of the poor to be shown. I never I've made a vow I will never exploit the poor. Too many ministries do that. I will never do that. And 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 we just don't do it. But I need to let you know. These are some of the most heartbreaking places that Leo goes into that will just break your heart where you see where they are planting churches. And we saw every level of their church planting strategy and how they go in, what they do. It's absolutely beautiful. But it's all predicated on on these servants of the Lord. And I need to tell you, Tracy, I know you're here probably, James. These are the most joyful people ever ever. Filipino people, I think, are in the most joyful period. But the church planners have so much joy. Jesus said, you know, if you're going to find your life, you have to lose it. it. That's faith. it This, you know, Leo, we didn't talk about what the Lord would put on his heart, but I absolutely believe there is a message here that God has brought you here to hear. There's a moment. This is like A watershed moment for your life spiritually this morning. I can look back at moments in my life where I had to die unless a seed of wheat falls to the ground and dies. You have to drop that. You have to open your hand and die to that thing that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about right now. It'll remain a single seed. In other words, unless you die to that, you're just going to continue on in your life as it is. And some of us are complaining about our life. Is because we're like a a monkey that's holding on and we're, we're grasping at that and the enemy, Satan, is causing you, tempting you. You're thinking that's where life is and you need to let go and die so that that seed will produce a harvest. And that's where God comes in. He does a work in our lives. So many stories that I would have I'm going to be doing a, a, a series on faith in the future. On faith. I, I've never heard a series on what Jesus taught about faith. It's radical. And after we finish the book of Acts, I've been thinking in years about this series. I'm like, why is no one teaching about what Jesus taught about faith in the Bible? If you just do a study on faith, the words of Jesus about faith, it's radical. It's so radical. But that's the point at which God comes in and he does miracles in our lives. So let me ask you the question. When is the last time you dropped something? You died to something. Paul said, I die daily. What has God brought you here for? What has God brought Leo all the way from the Philippines here for? Because I guarantee the Holy Spirit is speaking to each of us about dying to something so we can truly discover life. And it's in that moment of death that something new begins in our lives, and it's amazing. What is it? What is it for you? I mean, I just witnessed something very difficult for us as a family in some ways, and that's my son moving to Texas, dying to a life here to join a gal in Texas for the career they're both going to have there. Uh, Texas is way farther away than what I thought it would be. I mean, we were going to drive, and I'm like, let's Google that, 28 hours. I'm like, I didn't know it was that far. This is my eldest son who I love so deeply. I love all my boys, and my boys are like around us. And now Josh, I'm like, and it was a sacrifice for Josh. Josh loves being around us. But he had to die to some. Why did he die to that? Because God was speaking to him about going there. And now he's going to have a ministry with her entire family. Only the mother and the sister know Jesus. And let me tell you, the ministry we shared with there, something beautiful is happening because of a willingness to die here and new things begin there. What is it for you? I have a feeling the Holy Spirit isn't speaking to you about this for the first time now, but I bet you it's been over weeks, months, maybe even years Maybe you're here and you need to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You need to die to yourself and your sin or your guilt or your shame, whatever, and receive the new life that God gives us by his grace through faith in Jesus. Maybe that's why the Lord's brought you here this morning. I have a feeling we all know what God's speaking to us about. I just can't, you know, leave this moment because, Leo, this was really of the Lord. The Holy Spirit used you powerfully to bring a message that, honestly, I wasn't expecting to necessarily hear this morning, but I'm glad I heard it. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for how you reveal yourself to us. And I love that question. Those people came. We want to see Jesus. And what an amazing moment in that context for you to talk about how we see you, Jesus, and it has to do with we've got to die to something. We've got to give up something because that's a barrier between you and us and you doing a miracle in our lives. And whatever that might be with you this morning, God is so gracious and kind and loving. He loves you. The Lord loves you so much and he wants to do something special in your life. And and would it be that God right now would give you the faith to release that, give it to him in an exchange, allow him to bring that, that newness of what he wants to do in your life to you and through you. And it's not going to be an end all probably right now, but it's going to begin something that's going to be special. Like that monkey, you're going to be freed from that gourd and you're going to be able to start living your life apart from that thing. And actually follow the Lord, walk with the Lord on the new path he has for your life. So if that's you, you know, there's no magical prayer. There's just like being honest with God. Like Leo said, God knows our hearts. Bring your heart to the Father right now. And just surrender. Give to him. Let that work of God happen in your life right now. Whatever it is, give it to him. I release, Lord, to you this. In exchange, give me your life. I die to this. Oh God, the best I know how, right now, thank you for revealing this to me. I surrender. I relinquish. And in exchange, grant me this new thing you want to do. That a harvest would come. Lord, it's a powerful thing. Prayer is unbelievably powerful. Honesty is unbelievably powerful. It, it does a work that is just of a miraculous nature. You're that kind of a God. It's just brokenness and honesty and coming before a Heavenly Father that loves us, that promises to answer those prayers and thank you lord for the new life that is beginning right now because of these moments of this moment we love you lord thank you for meeting us in this time all guys people said amen